Hey everyone, welcome. I am your host, John Duke, for the launch of my podcast, Leadership Breakfast. I'm really excited to launch season two. Why Leadership Breakfast? Because it's the most important meal of the day, and it's the best way to start off your leadership and get you going, get your motor running, and get you started with some leadership inspiration for the week. And I am really excited today to continue a discussion on the leadership philosophy and operational approach called Extreme Ownership. And that term comes from the book written by two Navy SEALs, Jocko Willing and Leif Babin. Jocko Willing is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL officer. He's the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Win and Lead and Win. He's also the host of a top-rated Jocko podcast, his own. He's the co-founder of Echelon Front, where he is the CEO and here's the best part of my discussion today on extreme ownership. We are lucky to have my guest, Jamie Cochran, who is the operations officer for Echelon Front and also the Echelon, the Extreme Ownership Academy. So, Jamie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me to kick off season two of my podcast of Leadership Breakfast. Absolutely. Thanks, John, for having me. Obviously, we've worked a lot in the past couple of years, so I'm excited to be on here uh, today and talk about my favorite topic is uh, leadership. Great. I love it, too. And you mentioned that we work together. I, I've been so fortunate enough to get exposed to Echelon Front and Jocko and your entire organization. And my experience is going back to 2018 when I was with Johnson & Johnson. And we had Echelon Front and we had J.P. Dinell who addressed our frontline managers and leaders uh, in a management uh, strategic session. And then he also was the keynote speaker at our national sales meeting. And we were also very fortunate enough in that uh, in 2020, Echelon Front, as a leadership consulting organization, as part of adapting to the, the pandemic and COVID and all the work from home circumstances, that you guys adapted your services uh, to that situation and started beginning online leadership uh, platform programs. One of those is the Extreme Ownership Academy. It also included virtual strategic sessions. And we leveraged both Jamie and also Dave Burke, who is part of Echelon Front. He's a former Navy pilot, top gun instructor. And we were able to benefit from two, just two, I'll give you two, two, two critical sessions. One was a summer offensive plan we had to bend one of our number one products in the marketplace. And the second was a specific session for our frontline people leaders. And so it was just outstanding at a time when everybody needed to sort of re-energize, shift, adapt to circumstances like we had never seen before. So, Jamie, can you tell my listeners or my peeps at home the origin behind the beginning of Jocko and Leif and how Echelon Front became more of a commercial civilian leadership consulting training company built from the real-life lessons of leadership and teamwork on the battlefield in Ramadi, and a little bit about your role there at Echelon Front. Yeah, of course. So, you know, Leif and Jocko, they served together at SEAL Team 1, um, I'm sorry, SEAL Team 3, in a critical deployment known as the Battle of Ramadi. So in the book, they describe what happened there and, and really written from the standpoint of humility and all the mistakes that they made on this very 
uh, important deployment. So they talk about the mistakes that they made as leaders and the lessons that they learned from those mistakes. And as they came back from that deployment, they started teaching these principles and uh, mindsets to the next generation of SEALs that were going to be going out and deploying on behalf of our country. Um, and so when they got out of the military, you know, as they started thinking about what was next and what they wanted to do, they were doing some some strategic advising, some coaching with a client, and really hadn't considered how these principles of combat leadership would apply in business at the time until Jocko was actually in a meeting with one of our clients um, at the time. And he was like, describing an issue between the marketing and the sales team and a problem that they were having and the light bulb clicked for Jocko and he said, you know what, this is this is the principle of cover and move. This is what we teach our SEAL leaders. And so it really prompted them to start thinking through maybe these these principles, these combat leadership principles that we taught to SEALs to help them in leadership, you know, components and deployment, maybe there is a place for them in business. And that really prompted them to start Echelon Front back in 2010 um, and start working with clients and organizations to implement these combat leadership principles within their space. Interestingly enough, from there, as they started doing, doing this regularly, they started to realize that there was a real interest in these principles. And clients started coming to them and saying, hey, you know, is there some sort of guidance or book or reference that we can go back to to help teach these principles and implement this within our organization, which prompted for them the decision to write the book, Extreme Ownership. Um, I joined them seven years ago. So this was leading up to right before the book was released, about a year before the book was released, uh, before, you know, the podcast and everything else that we were doing here at Echelon Front. Um, kind of in a unique happenstance, I, my husband worked with Leif at SEAL Team One. So I knew Leif you know, many, many years ago when we were when we lived in San Diego um, and a true testament to the power of relationships. My husband signed up for uh, what's called a chain of command event in running that event and then promptly came home and basically gave me the info packet. And, and I took over <laughs> managing and executing that event. But the benefit there is that I got to work with Leif, um, which then a couple years later, when I was happy in the middle of a career change, he approached me with this idea to come on board at Echelon Front. Um, I joined them really in a part-time capacity, not really sure what the long-term goal was going to be. Uh, but shortly after joining them, I read the manuscript to Extreme Ownership, and I found out immediately that there was something really special here, and it was something I wanted to be a part of. So I've been really lucky in the last seven years to get to work alongside Leif and Jocko, and then as we've added new people to the team, just an incredible group of people that really believe in these principles with the mission of helping as many leaders as possible understand how to apply these combat leadership principles, not just in business, but at home as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more in terms of how much impact it had on me as a leader. And you never stop learning as a leader. And so I had 32 years at J&J. And, you know, sometimes you reflect back and you think, geez, how, how was I even a, a decent leader, you know, uh, 15 years ago? Because it seemed like my leadership growth uh, kept getting elevated later in my career. And the more you're exposed to people like Jocko and Leif and you and Echelon Front and, and, and the principles of extreme ownership, you're almost shocked that, you know, how did I, how did I lead all this time without uh, leveraging some of this stuff? It's, the most, it's been one of the most powerful things for me as a leader over the last uh, five six years from when I was first exposed to it, and I will say this: like extreme ownership, when you when you talk about it, and I've talked about it, it's a high bar, but it's so worth it. A high bar in the sense that not everyone is wired as a leader to to first look right inside themselves, right? It's like a 
it's like a, a compass. You know, instead of pointing due north, the compass when you're reflecting on how could we execute better, how could we have better lines of communication, how can everyone be aligned to the mission and, and the priorities and execute against them better, the compass always points right back to you as a leader. And you start there with, with have I communicated clear? Have I made it too complex? Has my ego gotten away? So um, just so many great things that I think make it worth it. But there's no question it's a high bar. And I'm sure when a lot of people first get exposed to it, their reaction is like, well, I'm working with a lot of people in different departments. And, right? You know, I can't, I can't make everybody, you know, do what I say. Or I can't make everyone align. They bring with them their own issues. And they got to come to the table. And they got to deliver. And, yes, that's true. But I think you as the leader... If you take it upon yourself as your first step to always look inside yourself and what you can do, it's it's the best way to lead. And I think it creates a, as Jocko would always say, it creates a sort of a chain reaction where I think everybody on the team stops and reflects and they're like, wow, John is really taking full responsibility for that workshop that didn't go so well. And, and then when we have a debrief, he's willing to say, I should have been clearer about it. I could have, I should have set up expectations better. I should have spent more time with you so you knew exactly what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, we will sometimes internally at Echelon Front refer to this mindset of extreme ownership as magic. It, it really is a superpower in a lot of ways. It is very hard to cultivate, but once you get to the point of really understanding what extreme ownership is and cultivating that mindset and implementing it in sort of every scenario or challenge that you face, I promise you will see you will see the magic that we talk about, you know, and I I mentioned reading the manuscript the first time I read it. And for me, it was that light bulb moment. You know, I, I we all grow up knowing what good leadership looks like. The book wasn't necessarily giving me something new I hadn't heard before. You know, as leaders, we have to be accountable. We have to communicate effectively. We have to work together as a team like these principles in extreme ownership are not necessarily new. It was just the way in which they were taught that really resonated with me. So I, my belief in the, these principles really started with me personally implementing them as I manage my team here at Echelon Front and as I manage my kids as a mother of three. Um, and then because of my unique position at Echelon Front, I get to hear and work with and be the first point of contact oftentimes from our clients and our companies and the organizations and individuals who are implementing these principles in really every capacity in their lives and having an impact. So I get to see that this works. I know I believe strongly in these principles. You are right that it is not an easy mindset to cultivate. But if you can do it, man, the reward is so high. It really is like, you know, we, we joke about it being the magic, but but I believe strongly it really is the magic yeah it, it's it's very satisfying and um i just couldn't imagine approaching it any other way so to touch back on the first time we got exposed to jp Dinell from echelon front he addressed our frontline leaders because i think i always thought there is no one more critical than the frontline leader the, the person leading the troops out in the field and it's where the troops or the sales reps or you know, the, the people who interface with the customer, it's it's the person they're spending 80% of the time with. And in that session, JP shared the four laws of combat and how they apply to leading any team to greater levels of performance and achieving whatever your mission is. So can you share those, um, those four, cover moves, simplify, prioritize, and execute, and decentralized command and maybe give a little bit of a high-level overview. I know when, when you first hear them, you think, wow, those are very 
military, but when you when you when you really think about them and you understand like what's core to them, it's it's not you know uh, it, it's not sort of uh, it applies to any leading any team in any organization. Can you speak to those a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, I think that there's a ton of benefit to going and really diving deep into these principles to understand them. But, you know, for me, I wasn't I, I, I wasn't a combat leader. <laughs> I don't come from a military background. Yes, I, I'm married to a, a, a Navy SEAL, but that was the first really introduction I got to Navy life or military life at all. So my understanding of these principles are very different than maybe my counterparts. Um but the, so when I talk about the principles, I don't really talk about it from a combat standpoint. And really what it comes down to is we have four laws of combat. And these are the behaviors that you take as a leader. When you look at problems that leaders face and, and challenges that they come up with, it's almost always boiled down to one or more of these laws of combat be, being violated. Uh, the first law of combat is critical to the success of any team. It's cover and move. And this is really all, all cover and move is, is teamwork. It's working together, mutually supporting one another for the accomplishment of the overall mission, helping each individual group or individual team members um, accomplish what they need to do to, to contribute to the mission of the team as a whole. Um, and the best source and resource we have in, in building those, uh, in, in implementing cover and move is building and maintaining really positive relationships. Uh, the second law of combat is simple. And this is just the idea that the way that we communicate needs to be simple, clear, and concise. When we create plans, Let's think about sim simplifying plans so that everyone on the team understands what they're supposed to be doing. Um, the third law of combat is prioritize and execute. This is the idea of we have a lot of things as leaders that we're managing. Sometimes both business, work, all these different things, our plates get full. We find ourselves overwhelmed. And so how can we make the best decisions to contribute to the overall well-being of the team? So prioritize and execute is simply finding that that number one priority that's going to have the biggest impact on the team, executing on that, and then moving down the list and continue to do so until you've accomplished the overall mission. Um, and the last piece, it probably my favorite, is decentralized command. And this is this is the idea that everyone on the team leads. Every person on your team is a leader. They need to be empowered to make decisions, to solve problems. To your point, the frontline leaders are the ones doing the work. They have the best resource, the best insight, the best ideas, and you need to utilize them in the most effective way so that you can win as a team. So getting them involved in the planning process, giving them left and right parameters, helping them understand you know, where where they can make decisions on their own um, so that your can, team can run effectively. So those are the four laws. And, and I've seen them work again. When you when you apply them, when you apply those four laws to any problem that you face, you can almost always find the solution. Yes, I, I, I found myself and some of my other um, partners in, in leadership going back to simplify and prioritize and execute a lot. Just those two as an example, because I think they toggle back and forth, right? We would we would we would have discussions with marketing, and marketing would say, "Well, does everybody know what the priorities are?" And then we'd be like, "Yes, they do." But but do you happen to know how complex you've made it? And maybe we need to step back and say, "Can they do eight things uh, on a sales call?" Or do we need to step back and say, "It really is these." four things and they work so well together that you step back and you say okay we're not making it straightforward enough it's too complex remember hearing, hearing Jocko in the book talk about if your incentive plan or how people get paid and how they get their bonus is 50 pages long and no one can figure it out then you know 
you shouldn't wonder why it's confusing and why there isn't clarity. But we just found ourselves a lot saying, like, can we prioritize and execute, or do we have some element of complexity? And that goes back to ego, too. Is there something I'm driving as a leader that I'm? it's getting in the way? Uh, my ego is, is getting in the way. And as long as I brought that up, um, to, to sort of springboard to another discussion point uh, around extreme ownership, is that I am always, for lack of a better term, I'm humbled by how much I hear Jocko, Leif, JP, Dave, and the other instructors at... Um, uh, Extreme Ownership Academy and, and Excellent Pro talk about the importance and the role that your ego plays when it comes to operating as a leader and leading day-to-day. Because I think when people hear the word ego, we our first reaction is, I don't have a big ego. But, but, then, <laughs> when you, but then when you break down uh, and, and, and you get to a micro level and you sort of unravel like decisions that you made why you're driving something. It's it's shocking how much you sort of unwind it and you go, well, that's because I, 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 you know, I don't want people to think training's driving the directive, or that's because I don't want people to think that I'm not confident, right? And those are all sort of ego-driven, or I, I'm trying to make my point and win the argument. Well, what good is that going to do, right, in terms of, you said, in terms of the relationship? So maybe you could share a little bit uh, of stories or experiences about how critical and the role that your ego sometimes plays when you're trying to lead and you don't even realize it. Yeah, for sure. You know, we talked about the laws of combat and I, I mentioned that those are really the behaviors, but combined with the behaviors of those those laws of combat are the mindsets. And we talk about the mindsets. There's a lot of different things that we, those are the nuanced things you need to be able to implement the laws of combat effectively. Um, things like, you know, discipline equals freedom, th- things like finding balance, things like innovating and, and adapting. All those things are critical to implementing the laws of combat. But the number one thing you have to be able to do as a leader is check your ego. Um, ego is the number one killer in business and in life. It is the one thing that gets in the way, gets in, keeps us from winning um, at every step. And, and it's not to say that having an ego is a bad thing, because I think, you know, everyone would agree. I'm married to a seal. Trust me, seals have big egos. <laughs> ego is a driver for a lot of people to want to do better, want to accomplish more, want to be better. It definitely can come across and help you with your confidence and how you present. And there's some really beneficial things to having an ego. But the critical part in what we talk about is your ability to check your ego. Um, Humility is what we consider to be the number one quality in a leader. And when I look for people that are going to join my team and be a leader on my team, I want to know first and foremost that they're humble. Uh, Because if you're not humble, you can't self-assess. And if you can't self-assess, you can't improve. Um, Your ego and your inability to check your ego, if you can't check your ego, you're not going to cover and move because you're not going to be, you're not even going to see that the other team needs help. You're going to be focused only on yourself. If you have a big ego, you can't, Simplify the message because you think that you know it all and you, you let your ego create complexity where it doesn't need to be. You don't want to adjust to someone else's plan because you're letting your ego get in the way. If you have an ego, you're not going to implement decentralized command. You're going to end up micromanaging because you want to control everything and you want to have your hand and stamp on it because you feel like that's what you need to do as a leader. And it's really the subtle ways that our ego comes out. It's the subtle ways in which we find ourselves, you know, arguing with a teammate over, you know, their plan versus our plan. And yet, if you climb the ladder of alignment, both of our plans accomplish the mission. So why do I care if it's my plan? Let the other person go. Support them. If it's an 80% solution, it's going to 
pushes towards the overall end state, then we need to let go as a leader and let other people step up and lead in those ways. So ego is critical. Um, our ability to check our ego is critical for any leader to be successful and ultimately to be able to support the team at accomplishing the mission, which is, you know, this applies not just in business, but at home too. You know, our ego gets in the way when we want to prove to our spouse that we're right and they're wrong. And that's where we find ourselves whenever we have those little red flags, where we find ourselves in contention or friction with people on our team that's supposed to be working with us to accomplish something it's almost always our ego getting in the way. And we have to learn how to detach from that, check our ego, stay humble so that we can get better as leaders and constantly look for ways to improve. Yes. And I think what makes it so much more impactful is that when you look at Jocko and you look at, as you said, your husband and you look at Navy SEALs, in the military, it, it feels like an authoritative type of organization where you have rank, you win. But I'm shocked every time I talk to someone uh, in the military, and I hear Jocko and Leif talk about the power and the value of having humility and being humble. And I think I, you know, I, this uh, there's another leadership expert, John Maxwell, who always talks. He talks about the five levels of leadership, and the very first one is you know the rank of the position. And don't that's like the lowest level of leading people is by by sort of saying. I have the rank and I have the title. It's you know it's wonderful because it gives you the chance to learn, and you have an opportunity now to be a leader. And that goes for everyone out there who might get the chance, who's in a leadership development program, or you see that you're really good at the job, and you might get the chance to lead people. Just remember that it's a wonderful opportunity, but leading because you have the power and you've been given the title is is actually a recipe for sort of the least amount of engagement and support that you can get from people. They, they see it. And really, if you're going to win something, win the people. Jocko always says that, right? Win, yeah. the, win your people. I mean, he's had countless stories about um, be, having humility, knowing that you don't know everything, and also taking responsibility uh, for whatever happens as the leader of the mission. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if any of your listeners haven't, seen a picture of Jocko. If you just Google Jocko Willink, you get this picture and we kind of joke, he looks like a silverback gorilla, right? Like he is, he is a seasoned combat veteran, combat leader, and he looks the part. And so people expect something from him. And what they're oftentimes very surprised by is that the two things Jocko talks about the most, he talks about all of these principles. He teaches a lot of different things on leadership, but the two things that we hear the most from Jocko First is that relationships are paramount. He's talking constantly about the importance of building and maintaining positive relationships. And, and right behind that is ego. Ego gets in the way of everything that we do. We have to be able as leaders to check our ego. So it is, uh, I think, a surprise to some people, but it's, it's one of the key pillars to what we teach our clients. And, and like I said, every time that we run into a situation or a problem with a leader, it's almost always because they can't, they can't check their ego properly. That's great. You know, one of my favorite resources that I've taken advantage of from Echelon Front is the Extreme Ownership Academy live sessions. So it's a remote online learning platform, but here's the great part. It comes with Extreme Ownership Academy live sessions three times a week, and I hope you can talk about some of the other additions, but one of them is just for women leaders, which is fantastic. Um, but I was able to attend those. Recently, I, I usually end up in there on a Friday, but in the very beginning, I was 
I was at least on there once a week. And but again, during COVID and quarantine or remote working, it was a godsend, godsend for me. Um, and it was like two weeks ago, I heard you give a great example. And again, I don't know any leadership platform where you actually get to go on and listen to people talk about real life challenges. And you got people like Jocko and yourself and Dave and Leith and JP answering questions and challenges that people have in real time. But uh, you talk, you shared a good technique as a leader on how you can be sure that your team has a clear understanding of what needs to be, let's say, prioritized and executed against. And you refer to it as a readback. And the story was a perfect example of how you should execute uh, execute it, specifically this readback, to reflect more of an extreme ownership mind, mindset. It was the difference between saying, hey, I want to be sure you guys understood what I said and that you were paying attention and listening versus <laughs> versus the subtlety, I shouldn't even say subtlety, but the intentionality of saying, was I clear? I want to check and see if I was clear in communicating the priorities. Can you share that story? Because I think it's a great example of two things, the intentionality and then an example of, of having an extreme ownership mindset. Yeah, you know, the readback is one of my favorite tools that we teach. This is one of the tools related to the second law of combat of simple. And this is the idea that if you as a leader, if your team is not accomplishing what you're asking them to do, if they're missing a deadline, if they're not executing on a project that you've that you've outlined for them, um, that, you know, the extreme ownership component is that you as a leader have to look at this and say, hey, am I, be, am I being effective and how I communicate these plans and these instructions to my team. Because it always comes back to you as the leader. If your team isn't delivering, it's something that you're doing. And so the readback is a really cool tool to ensure that you're aligned on what you're instructing of your team. So if you're the leader and you're giving out instruction, you're outlining a plan, you can ask your team for a readback so that you can make sure what you've said is 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 you know, they heard that properly. And so interestingly enough, we were at a, at a field training exercise, which is a program that we run at Echelon Front. And there was a woman and she started to implement the readback. And I had this sense of like, yes, she's got it. She's going to implement the readback. She said, hey, guys, I, I want to get a readback from you um, following this brief. But the, what she said right after it was, I want to get a readback so that I can make sure you understood what I said. And it didn't seem like that big of a difference. However, there's a big, and you mentioned, it's subtle but not so subtle because there is a really big component to your intentions as a leader. And so the feedback I gave her after is like, hey, listen, you utilize this tool, which is an awesome tool, but the difference between and what, what we're asking when we, when we implement this as it relates to extreme ownership is that the readback should sound something more like, hey, when I'm completed with this brief, I'm going to ask for a readback so that I can make sure that I communicated effectively and that we're aligned on the message. And so that way, if I missed anything, I can take time to fill those gaps and, and get aligned. And there's a big difference between that and, and asking your team, like, hey, I want the readback to make sure that you understood me. And the way, that, and the way honestly, that people um, hear that and perceive that. The alternate option of the readback, and I think this is important to mention, is that some people who might be listening aren't necessarily leaders or giving instructions or outlining plans, and you can still implement the readback by simply saying, hey, you can offer a readback to your superior leader or to the person giving the brief by saying, hey, that was a great brief. Thank you for that. 
I'd like to give a quick read back to make sure that I understood exactly what you wanted of me and that we're aligned. And by doing that, you can help close the gap for those little things that get missed sometimes in communication. And, and a real quick kind of interesting story. Obviously, everything we do is is related to business. But I love when I can share little examples of how this applies at home, because I, I, I think that's one of my greatest leadership responsibilities. And something really funny happened this morning is that I asked my daughter to load the dishwasher. And she's seven. She ran off. She did the job. She was happy about it. All good. I went into the kitchen. There's still dishes all in the sink. I opened the dishwasher and all the dishes that were in the dishwasher are gone. So I called her. I'm like, hey, Charlie, I thought you were going to load these. She's like, no, you told me to unload them. So meanwhile, she unloaded all the dirty dishes, put them in various cabinets and drawers throughout the kitchen. And it was simply because I didn't ask her to give me a readback. And I actually use this with my kids all the time. And if I had simply said, hey, give me a readback. And she said, you want me to unload? We could have fixed the problem before it ever even occurred. So this is part of preemptive ownership. You as a leader can use this readback technique to make sure your team understands what you're, what you're giving them. And you can make sure that you're aligned fully on what the overall plan and objectives are. Yes, so true. And the thing about leadership to me is if you take any one tactic or one philosophy or action on its own, it doesn't look like a lot, right? You're like, that's it? No, but I think leadership is a lot of little things that you're intentional about and that you work at. That's why I feel like it's it's sort of a never-ending. I am a never-ending student of leadership because there is always something new to learn on connecting with people, on gauging your effectiveness, on creating a strong bond. Communication is, is one of the big ones, right? Like if you're not over communicating, um, you really got to reflect and say, you know, am I doing readback and things like that? And don't assume just because you've communicated it that that means people understand it. I guess that's a good one with your daughter, right? Never just assume, we communicated it. It was on slide 72 in, a, in an hour and a half, you know, WebEx. That doesn't mean that people actually understand it and are out there executing against it. I want to, um, this has been great, I could go for an hour, um, but I want to sort of close on Echelon Front and your leadership platforms. I mentioned, you know, the Extreme Ownership Academy and the live sessions, and I've been to a muster, and you have Zoom strategy sessions. Can you talk a little bit more about the types of events and services? So for anyone listening that wants to reach out, how they can get a hold of you, how they can reach out and learn more about Echelon Finance services and take advantage of them. Would you share a little bit more about some of the things that uh, Echelon Front offers? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Echelon Front, we're a leadership consultancy. So we help teams and organizations and every size, every industry you can think of, we help them implement and learn these leadership principles we know to be effective in combat and how to apply them to their business. So we do that in a number of ways. Um, you had mentioned, you know, we have both in-person and virtual options. You had mentioned some of uh, the online academy that we have, the Extreme Ownership Academy. It's a phenomenal online platform that allows for individuals, small teams, large organizations to partake in understanding and learning of these principles. There is a set of Extreme Ownership 101 courses. We're putting up a bunch of additional courses on the platform that allows people to go through and learn these principles and how to implement them. Um, in addition to the live sessions that we do three times a week, um, we have a women's only a session once a month. We have a first responder session, really great ways for people to engage with our instructors and other 
leaders that are trying to learn these principles. Um, outside of our online platform, we do an array of services at Echelon Front from keynote presentations to workshops, half day, full day, multi-day sessions where we actually go on site with a company and provide a training similar to what JP came and did up for your team a couple years ago. Um, and we can do all of those things virtually as well. So we can do webinars, virtual workshops, virtual keynotes. Um, and then aside from that, we have more of the consulting arm of Echelon Front, which is engaging with companies, helping to build out a program. We call them leadership development and alignment programs or LDAPs for short. And those are really helping a client um, assess their leadership development strategies, design a program specific to them, implement and execute on training and, and execution of the services that we provide, and then sustainment, some train the trainer options, some different ways to help clients sustain the lessons that we go in and teach to clients. Um, and then we've got the fun stuff, which is like the events that we offer. We have the muster, which is a two-day leadership conference, my favorite event. I might be a little biased to that, but I love the muster experience. Um, and then we've got our field training exercises, uh, which are in the field, really hands-on, high-stress, really amazing um, two-day leadership uh, courses. Um, and then we have a new one that we just launched this past year called the Battlefield Review, where we take leaders out onto a historical battleground and we talk about historical leaders and, and decisions that were made in the battlegr battleground and how it impacted the overall you know, uh, success of that battle. Um, and more importantly, what can we learn from historical leaders in combat and how to apply those in what we do today in our business. So a lot of things we can offer. The best way to find us is echelonfront.com. Um, you can also go to extremeownership.com. That takes you to our academy platform. Um, and there's contact information for myself, for members of our team who can support and get information out there for the things that we provide. Amazing. I mean, that seems like an endless supply of resources and tools and uh, it's fantastic and if, if just one person listening to this uh, looks up Echelon Front or Extreme Ownership um, they won't be disappointed I hope everyone reads the book in addition to Extreme Ownership there's one I know Jocko has the I'm holding it up Leadership Strategy and Tactics this is more of a, a field manual but it's fantastic because it's, it's all about how do you implement you know, how do you implement extreme ownership, the four laws of combat, the mindsets for victory? It's fantastic. And it's, I think it has more step-by-step -step implementation and examples. It's fantastic. So I can't thank you enough for spending this much time with me. I could go on for two hours on this. And um, I know people are already thinking, well, John, what are you going to get out of <laughs> What are you going to get out of this? It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if, if one person... Uh, is, has gotten to strengthen their leadership and think about these principles for laws of combat and, and everything you share that Echelon Front offers, then I'm excited. <laughs> it's a worthy endeavor. I can't thank you enough for spending this much time with me. It was super. I'll just remind my listeners, I'm going to be launching a new website, leadershipcx.com, which stands for Leadership Culture, and they can also... Look me up on Facebook and also uh, LinkedIn, John Duke, and at John Duke 110. Um, so, Jamie, thanks so much. This was fantastic. Oh, I, I think I told you before when we were talking, my son-in-law started with a new company, and they gave him an email, and the suggested reading before he went to his uh, project manager, new hire orientation was Extreme Ownership, and the company was ARCO. A-R-C-O. So I was, he was super yes. excited about that. He loved it. Well, 
you know, we talked about it and, and I think this is a really cool way to kind of summarize, you know, all the stuff I, I mentioned that Echelon Front offers. Listen, our, our mission at Echelon Front is to help as many people, individuals, teams, organizations, you know, small and large, learn these principles and apply them in their lives so they can have a, an impact there. Um, mainly because we know that these principles work. So when we talk about it, it's not a sales pitch for Echelon Front in general. It's just that we know these principles work. So I love to hear when people go to organizations and extreme ownership is a part of their culture um, because we know that teams can be successful at applying these. So we've got a lot of things we like to offer to just both individuals, but you know, to, pe- to both business and, and life in general, these principles apply everywhere. So I really appreciate you having on me on today. It's always fun to connect and talk with you. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. And for all my listeners, I'm excited to kick off season two. Continue to follow me, like me, subscribe, and everybody have a great day. Thank you.